You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. We're going to consider the problem of sin. We're told the wages of sin is death. And I suppose in a few words we have summed up for us here the problem of sin as far as we are all concerned. Sin, we are told, is a disobedience to God's law. As we can read in the first epistle of John in chapter 3 and verse 4, that whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Men do not merely die because they grow old, but it is a punishment brought upon all mankind as a punishment for sin. One fact I think we need to be clear of, and that is that we are all sinners without exception. The word that the Bible uses for sin means to miss the mark. It's like an archer shooting arrows at a target and missing the mark that he is aiming at. And this is what we are like when we sin. We miss the mark. And the mark is the perfect example which has been set for us by the Lord Jesus Christ. He showed us God's standard in the way in which he lived his life. And his example is the target that each one of us should aim to live in our lives. But we know we fail to live up to God's standard. As Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 reminds us, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I think we would agree that most of us have not committed any great crimes like murder or robbed a bank. And so we try and excuse ourselves and think that we are good people and acceptable to God. But by doing this, we deceive ourselves. Because when we miss the mark by a little or a lot, we find it is sin. In First John, the first epistle of John, that is in chapter 5 and verse 17, it tells us quite clearly there that all unrighteousness is sin. If we were to look into the book of Galatians, we'd see there how there are a list of sins that include envy, anger, drunkenness, and many other what we might call wrongdoings. But what is important is that we realise these are all sins in God's eyes, and they are perhaps sins that we may never have considered to be a sin. When we do these, we sin. We sin against God, for it is his laws that we disobey. And we are told God is sinless. And it is our sin which separates each one of us from him. As we read in Isaiah 59 and verse 2, But your iniquities or sins have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. And so we see, sin is not just wrong things, 
but it is also when we fail to do that which is right. Sin is, I think, the greatest problem we have in our lives because it is sin which causes pain, suffering, wars and diseases. And as we have said, it is sin as a punishment brought upon man by God. But the question we have to ask is, where did sin come from? How and why does it affect each one of us? Let's go, first of all, back into the book of Genesis to see where sin came from. For we read there how God created the heavens and the earth and all that is therein, including man and women. Where we read how man was formed from the dust of the ground and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living, breathing creature. God generously gave him everything that was needed. They did not have to work hard for their food. They did not suffer illness. Above all, they were close to God and were able to talk to him through the angels and to listen to his words. He gave Adam and Eve only one law. He told them that they must not eat of the tree of sorry, of the tree of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. They were told that if they did this, they would die. It tells us that God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And here we can see that they had a choice to willingly choose for themselves to be faithful to God or to disobey and eat of the fruit of the tree. God gave them the freedom to choose what they wanted to do. In Genesis chapter 3, we read there how it was the serpent who was more subtle than any beast of the field. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 2, it tells us there, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said he shall not eat of the tr every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, He shall not eat of it, neither shall he touch it, lest he die. And the serpent said unto the woman, He shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day he eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and he shall be as God's, knowing good and evil. The serpent, or snake, lied to Eve, telling her that if she disobeyed God, she would not die. It blended truth with error, denying that they would die, which was contradicting what God had told them. The serpent, we notice, could talk. It was crafty, and that means it was cunning and deceitful. 
It told Eve that she and Adam would become like God, knowing good and evil. And these words then help us to understand sin, because it is disobedience of God's laws. It is a challenge to his authority and position as the only true God. He alone has the right to make, uh, make laws for us to live by. And Eve did not want to listen to God and obey him. And because of this, they both missed the mark, as we mentioned earlier. In the New Testament, we're clearly told that it was the serpent who deceived Eve. For in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14, it tells us that Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Although the serpent put the idea in the mind of Eve, she thought about it and it became a temptation to her. And instead of refusing to think about it, the idea grew in her mind. She decided herself that it was all right to break the law of God. The serpent did not make the decision to sin. It did not force Eve to do so. She made the decision herself. And this can be seen in the following verse in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6, where we read there, that the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And we are like Adam and Eve because we also sin. We also disobey God. We make the choice to sin ourselves, just as Eve did. <coughs> I mean, no one forces us to disobey God. It is our own choice. In the book of James, we are told that no man uh, can say he is tempted of God, because God cannot be tempted, and he does not tempt any man. Each one of us are tempted and then drawn into our own lust and enticed. And as verse 15 of James reminds us, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. When we sin, what we are telling God is that our own desires are more important to us than his laws. And we behave as it were more, uh, sorry, and, and we behave as if we were more important than he is. We are in fact denying that there is a God who has made us and put us on the earth to obey him. When Eve ate of the fruit and disobeyed God. We read how she in turn gave to Adam and he partook of the fruit, even though he had been told also not to. And what we see here is a deliberate act of rebellion on his part. And because of this, we see how God punished him as he said he would. When we think about this, there were perhaps three alternatives that could have occurred after they ate of the fruit. Firstly, God could, would 
or could have destroyed them, but this would defeat God's purpose. He could have exercised pity and not enforced what he had told them in chapter 2 and verse 17, that the day thou eatest of them shalt surely die. To enforce what God had said, that his righteousness might be upheld and the ma that man would be subjected to mortality, yet provided with a hope. And of course, as we know, this is what God did. And Adam was condemned to death. Before we do that, or look at that, notice what happened. It tells us they were walking in the garden and God called them and they realised something had changed as they knew they were naked and needed an apron of figs. Their innocence had finished. And we see how they both began to make excuses when God asked them of their sin. Eve blamed the serpent. Adam blamed Eve. And each one of us are no different. We try and blame others for the things we do which are wrong. Each one of us is unwilling to confess we have done wrong. But God did not allow Adam and Eve to blame someone else. He condemned and punished all of them. And we can read about the punishment uh, on the serpent in Genesis 3 verses 14 and 15. And in chapter and verse 16, we read there of Eve's punishment, where God told Eve she would have pain when she was a bearing child. God told Adam he would have to work hard to grow crops for food as the ground would be cursed and it would bring forth thorns and thistles. No longer would God freely give them all that they needed without work. And he was reminded in verse 19 of that chapter, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. They would both begin to grow old and die, and they would return to the dust from whence they were created. And these curses were given to Adam and Eve, and it is a curse which has and still does pass on all their descendants. Let's just think of some words that were written by the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, again in the book of Romans. It's in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, where it tells us quite clearly, all have sinned. And in Romans 5 and verse 12, it tells us there, wherefore, as by one man. Paul tells us that every man and woman is dominated by sin. It is perhaps terrible to see ourselves like this and to think that we are worthless in the sight of God. And it has only been brought about by one man. If that was all, we would not have any hope. But as we read in verse 19, by one man's obedience, many shall be made righteous. 
Only one man lived a life which was totally free from sin, and he is the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the words given to Eve, there was also a promise given. After God told Adam and Eve about their punishment, he did something else. He sent them away from the Garden of Eden. This is the saddest result of sin. It takes us away from God in our lives. The Bible tells us that we cannot find the way back to him by ourselves. We need his help. And the only place we can learn about how this is brought about is by looking at the pages of Scripture. Men and women are separated from God by their sins. But he is ready to forgive us and accept us back as he has provided each one of us with a way back to him. He sent us his son, the Lord Jesus, who was free from sin to live and die on the cross for us, that each one of us might have our sins forgiven through him. It was Adam and Eve who brought the problem of sin upon all mankind. But it is the Lord Jesus who took away the great problem of sin when he died upon the cross. And as we started by looking at Romans 6 verse 23, let us conclude now by reading that whole verse and seeing what it tells us. Because it says there, the, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Notice what it says, the wages of sin, what each one of us deserve. But God has given us a hope. It is a gift of God that is freely given of eternal life. But it is only possible through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us look at the pages of Scripture. Let us see the message that is there for each one of us that we might find the answer in our lives to the problem of sin. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.